0: Hi, everybody. It's the Oldham Business Podcast. My name is David Bizanis from the Oldham Chamber and Economic Development Office. We are excited to uh, roll out another episode here. We have an exceptional leader in our community that sat down with me, Pastor Al Early from LaGrange Presbyterian Church. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I've got some announcements we'll go through. We've got new chamber staff I want to talk about. So you can sit back with a cup of coffee or... I don't know, maybe you're listening to this in the evening, maybe you're having a, an adult beverage, but uh, it's the first day of fall. Today, uh, this intro I'm recording is September 22nd, so ladies, you can get the Han Solo outfits out and pumpkin spice flavored everything, make a bowl of chili. I mean, football's back on TV. I think it's uh, just a great time of year, so sit back and relax and let's start the show. All right. Before we start the conversation that I had with Pastor Early, I want to thank our Oldham Business Podcast sponsor, Transitional Technologies, Richard Hollander, uh, who has managed the IT support and the cybersecurity for the Chamber office for many, many years. And in addition to being very uh, generous and sponsorships and been uh, supportive of, of the work we've done in our office, Richard has uh, stepped up and decided to be a sponsor for the Oldham Business Podcast, so we're, we're excited to have him. He is a known quantity in Oldham County. He does a lot of work for a lot of the businesses, has a great reputation, uh, and is very easy to deal with. Uh, he's very, very responsive. Anytime we have any kind of issues, uh, his team really jumps on it very quickly. And so I would urge any of you who are n- in need of IT services to consider transitional technology. So thank you, Richard, for being our sponsor. I have some events to go through um, today is September 22nd, so this podcast should be up, be up by the end of the day, which means Friday, September 24th, there's going to be a ribbon cutting. This is a Prospect Chamber ribbon cutting. However, the business is a member of our Chamber uh, membership, and so we're excited for Creative Family Counseling uh, in Prospect as they've opened a new office and serve uh, largely, I think, uh, children that with uh, mental uh, uh, health issues. Um, it's a great support center. And looking forward to attending that ribbon cutting and celebrating a new new business in the uh, the region here on October eighth our power hour that's sponsored by Paducah Bank uh, will be at Fiesta Acapulco in Lagrange so uh, if you're not familiar with Fiesta acapulco it's it's near the subway across from Walmart in Lagrange. It used to be called El Acapulco they have great food there. so we'd like you to come out on that that Friday. It's a free event for People, uh, we we get, you know, anywhere from 15 to to 30 people show up. It's a great place to just kind of exchange business cards and get to meet new faces and and try to do some business and networking. It's very casual, and everyone's welcome. So, Fiesta Acapulco on October 8th. Also, uh, October 12th is a ribbon-cutting in downtown LaGrange for a new business on Main Street, mainly creative, which is Mike Prather and Alan Lane. They have a great shop there. Uh, We're excited to be – I think they're already open, so – Uh, we're doing the official ribbon cutting, uh, the proclamations from judge Vogel and mayor black. Uh, it's always an exciting thing. Please come out and support our local businesses. Uh, Mike is definitely someone who does more than just try to make a buck. I mean, he is out there volunteering a lot. He's very engaged in, in many of the activities around the community. Uh, he served as the extended shot, uh, in our golf scramble and is actually a fantastic golfer. So, um, You know, come support local businesses Uh, in downtown LaGrange. That's on October 12th at 11 a.m. I also want to thank our, we have a sponsor for our ribbon cuttings now. Schaefer Construction just joined our top investor program and uh, really happy to have them aboard. Um, So thank you, Schaefer Construction. And I did have a couple of kind of bummer announcements. We are going to move our Oldham County of the Year, which was scheduled for the fall, Uh, into the spring. And part of the reasoning behind that is because it's really tough to plan uh, for what is going to happen with COVID. And it's not that we couldn't have the event, it's that it's really difficult to know how many people are going to show up because we have a lot of uh, fluctuation in attendance as people, you know, really get freaked out by the news uh, and what's going on with COVID. So hopefully, we're going to get to a better place by spring um, this is something we talked about with the sponsors. We talked about it as a, as a staff and uh, just felt like that might be the most sensible thing to do rather than, uh, you know, it's an expensive event for us to put on, uh, so we want to make sure that there's good attendance and that we give it the uh, due it is deserved. It's a, it's a really great program. Um, First National Bank has been the sponsor of Oldham County of the Year for many years, so want to thank them uh, for doing that. Um, and in the spring, we'll be looking forward to celebrating the Oldham County of the Year uh, dinner. In addition to that, we're going to be bringing back a program that we had stopped around COVID, the, the Coffee Talks, which are morning networking events that are free to attend. Our first one is going to be at First National Bank in Crestwood. Um, so be looking for your weekly update for that. Uh, it, so thanks, Doug Miles and, and team at First National for uh, stepping up and, and sponsoring those events. It's uh, If you're a chamber member, just come by. It's at nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, there'll be coffee and donuts, and it's a good spot to just kind of pop in and Um, start the day off with some networking. We've got some new chamber staff that has uh, joined us. Kara Sanders, uh, who was formerly with the Hope Health Clinic. Um, She has been in the Oldham County community for many years, um, doing events and raising money for Hope Health Clinic. She's a great fit here. Uh, Many of you may know her, and if you don't know her yet, you're going to really like her. But she's our new chamber director. She will be in charge of taking our events and our programming to the next level. So I would urge you to uh, reach out to her if you have questions about Uh, your chamber membership or things that we can do to help your business. And in addition to Kara, we have also hired a part-time position uh, as a support person for our events and for Kara, uh, and that is Mindy Arney. And Mindy, is uh, she's been working with us for a few weeks now, and as both of them are kind of getting their feet underneath them, it's a really good feeling uh, for Heidi and Sandy and I to have such a great team here at the chamber. So we are looking forward to settling in as a group and, uh, you know, our office is buzzing with energy, and we're excited that, uh, that they're here to join us. So uh, feel free to say hi to them when you see them at an event uh, coming up very soon. Um, and one bit of sad news I should mention. Um, as, as some of you may have heard, uh, Steve Thompson, who uh, was the president of the Kentucky Artisan Distillery, Steve's a former president of Brown Foreman, and uh, he brought the first distillery Uh, we have had here. I should say it's not the first. There have been distilleries in the past in Olam County, but we had no distillery, and then we had the Kentucky Artisan Distillery, and Steve is a big component of that, and in fact, uh, really helped the chamber uh, in partnership with with, uh, the county tourism to to spearhead the wet vote that we had back in 2015, which took this community from uh, a moist county, which meant that they could serve, you could serve alcohol in limited scenarios, uh, to a fully wet county, which has really made it possible to not just uh, expand things like the distillery uh, and uh, make events a lot easier, but it's really helped us with restaurant development and so we're really grateful for the contribution that Steve made to this community while he was here. Unfortunately, he had passed away um, a little while back, and I had him scheduled to come and be a guest on our Uh, podcast and I'm really really regret that we did not get that done uh, sooner and he said when I get back from Michigan we'll sit down and we'll do it and unfortunately uh, he did not make it back from Michigan so we we will greatly miss Steve and his contribution to Oldham County he's he truly helped move this county forward uh, in terms of business development and for those of you who may have known him he was a heck of a character he would have been a great podcast guest um, and so, uh, you know, our, uh, our, our prayers are with his family, and we're just grateful to uh, have had somebody of his caliber uh, in a leadership position in this community for so long. So um, with that, I would like to uh, move on to our conversation that I had with Al Early. Al's the pastor of LaGrange Presbyterian Church, and we really had a fantastic conversation. This conversation we had back in March, and I've been sitting on this episode for quite a while. Um, and, and I recently went back and listened to it just to make sure that it was still uh, relevant. Uh, and not only was it relevant, but boy, I really, I really thought it was, it was a very accessible conversation. So for those of you who are in leadership positions who run a business or, um, you know, maybe you're trying to find a way to kind of re-engage uh, your job. Um, I think that this conversation was pretty interesting. The business of being a pastor um, was something that I wanted to Try to get out of out. You know, oftentimes I think uh, people that lead ministry have uh, they've got a really important role as they um, work with people. And so I wanted to kind of get into what is in the mindset of a pastor. How do they stay fresh? How do they uh, how do they fight cynicism? Um, and you know, I think for some people it might be obvious that well they lean on their faith and uh, whatnot. But I th- I wanted to get a little bit. Beyond that, and I think Al is a a great. um, I think Al is really good at 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 talking about what he thinks, and um, so I I find him to be a a really genuine and honest uh, conversationalist. And so I've I've enjoyed uh, having long talks with Al. Um, If this is not a uh, sermon, this is a uh, this is this is a an interview. And it's a discussion. And so, uh, regardless of what your faith or your beliefs or lack of beliefs or uh, uh, whatever it may be, I think that this is something that is still uh, going to be pretty, pretty engaging for you. So, um, thank you for listening. Thank you, Transitional Technologies, for sponsoring the podcast. And with that, I will, this is my conversation back in March of 2021 with Pastor Al Early of LaGrange Presbyterian Church. All right, I'm here with Al Early. Um, pastor at Lagrange Presbyterian Church.
1: What's the where's the tell for folks that are listening? Where are you located? We are located on highway off Highway 53. You go 1.7 miles from I-71 toward Ballardsville. Take a left at Eagle Creek Golf Course, and then take the first left up the hill to the church. That's great. And you are a regular contributor to the Old Lemera. I am column that you write. I I have been the religion columnist for the Oldham Era since 2003. Wow! Yeah, and it's something I started back uh, in my earlier career at another community. Uh, Just doors opened, and I was writing religion columns every week, and I loved it. I loved the chance to uh, interact with the community. I work really hard to make sure that it's not denominational specific. That uh, Episcopalians and Baptists and Pentecostals can enjoy it just as much as Presbyterians. And I I love to meet people in the uh, community who say, I read your article. In fact, it's kind of funny because people will walk up to me and they say, you remember me? I said, no, I'm sorry. I I really don't. And they say, I read your article. (laughs) And I think to myself, you know that just because you read my article doesn't mean that I know you, but it may mean you feel like you know right, me. Right, And so that's that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's great. So um, yeah, I've got a lot that I'm going to try to keep this on a business track to uh, stay with the theme of our podcast, the Olden Business Podcast. But um, yeah, I've enjoyed our conversations as we've gotten to know each other a little bit from uh, working together on a committee in the city of LaGrange called the Alley Walk Committee, at least that's what we're calling it right now, which is an initiative uh, that's in partnership with the city um, LaGrange Tourism, Oldham County Tourism, the LaGrange Main Street Association, and um, some of the shop owners and merchants up and down the, the district who've gotten together and put together an effort to create a walk that goes through uh, the alleys of LaGrange but um, seeks to improve those uh, and create kind of a unique experience. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and what your take is on it and how you got involved and, and the perspective of a pastor Uh, working
1: with all of these uh, business leaders in this context. All right. So I get a phone call from Donna Sabo at Hometown Pizza. I love Donna. She's a Rotarian with me. And uh, she says, Al, can your scout troop weed the alleys? And I'm thinking to myself, I love Donna, but that is not something I'm going to do. How do I tell her no? (laughs) And so I asked her what she's talking about, and she and some other community leaders were working on some – ideas to try to make the alleys more attractive. And I had, uh, not, not too long before that, had returned from Nanjing, China. My daughter was studying uh, Chinese language, uh, Mandarin. And uh, wow. in Nanjing, there is this amazing island in the middle of a man-made lake. And it is beautiful. And, uh, and the citizens from Nanjing would flock there by the thousands just to, at night to walk around. Beautiful lights, beautiful sculptures, beautiful, just beautiful. And then there were a lot of businesses and stuff like that. And I, I popped the idea out there to her, hoping I could avoid having to weed any alleys. And she loved it. And before we knew it, we had a project working with some people on it that could make things happen. And uh, now our hope is to turn Walnut Alley and Poplar Alley into a beautiful cityscape that people want to walk around in, enter the back way to some of the restaurants and businesses, spend time together in just a great community gathering place, and uh, it's going great. I, I love working in the community. I, I take every opportunity I can, you know, so I'm in the Rotary Club, have been since I moved to LaGrange, and that's a great group of people. They, they love to uh, uh, make the community better. I do, too. I've been here 22 years, so I'm committed to LaGrange. People say, where are you from? I grew up, actually, in St. Matthews, Kentucky, but I kind of feel like I'm from LaGrange now after 22 years. You right, know? right. And I've lived here more than just about any place in my whole life, and I love the community, love the people, and if anybody has an idea that they think I can help with, just ask. I'll jump in if I can. Well, that's
0: something I've really admired about uh, you is you're very generous with your time and your talent, and um, it, I thought, you know... Uh, just based on the the conversations that we've been able to have, that it, it was a I, I thought let me just get Al on a microphone and we'll have a, a good conversation that uh, it could be applicable to our chamber membership. One thing I wanted to talk to you about is the the I guess <laughs> the hats that pastors have to wear. Now I say hats and I don't necessarily mean formal hats, right. but the, there's a mean. lot there's a lot of yeah, different yeah. Uh, I guess jobs that you have, yeah, uh, yeah, and and all of them very important. Uh, when I think about the level of responsibility that you uh, that you have, but from being a leader, um, not just of your uh, the people that that attend your church, um, but ministering to the county, um, the leadership that you have to show, not just in preparing sermons and whatnot, but actually, I guess you work with, uh, is it elders or a board? Or? Our
1: our church board is called a session, okay. and the
0: leaders on it are called elders. Okay, and then um, you know any number of of the type of ministering you do with individuals and, and whatnot, I'm sure is, is pretty, uh, broad, but really our initial conversation that really got me picking at you was, I wanted to know, as somebody who sat in the pews, um, and, and, uh, I guess fought with his own, um, uh, trying to get in the right mindset to be in church and listen to a sermon, oftentimes, uh, you know, you find yourself thinking about what the minister is talking about, not in a content so much as, you know, did this guy phone it in today or <laughs> did he find, uh, was he inspired uh, to get this message or gosh, once you've, uh, how, how long have you been a pastor? I was ordained in 1985. Okay. So that's a bit of time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's gotta be a, everybody has to do it where, um, they have to re—they have to breathe new life yeah. into their oh, yeah. job, um, and sometimes people really aren't very good at it. And I thought, you know, from a job standpoint, as a pastor, um, and to remove some of the, um, uh, I guess, the, the sensitivity around it or the, the the seriousness of it, and just go straight as a trade um and getting better at what you do and those types of things i would imagine there's a lot of similarities between that and any number of people that are entrepreneurs or um business leaders or, or whatnot so um what do you
1: do to stay on top of being a good pastor i, I do think um and talking to a lot of uh, business people there uh, the calling to be a pastor is a, is a little unique one um it has some, uh, some specific kinds of um, spiritual drains that other professions don't. Uh, for example, it's estimated that a 20-minute sermon uh, takes eight hours of energy in comparing just output. Wow. And I remember when uh, I had a youth minister who was about 26 years old, Good young man, and I I was going to travel, and we have two services Saturday night, Sunday morning service. So, will you cover for me for the weekend? He says, Sure, I'll be glad to. Monday morning, we had our staff meeting, and he came, he says, I don't know how you do this every week. I am (laughs) whooped after two services on a weekend. And the reason that's the case is because I think um, a minister who is going to be able to uh, not burn out, and stay strong. It's a spiritual vocation. Uh, you got to stay close to God. Um, God's got to keep building you up over and over and over again. Uh, right now, uh, I'm in my 60s. I've been doing this for over 35 years, and uh, I'm as fired up as I've ever been. And, I, and I've asked myself a number of times, because I in my church, I have a really nice retirement package waiting for me in about three years, you know? <laughs> I have no desire, and I'm really excited that I have no desire to get retired. Nothing. It's not going to happen. And So I've taken some time here, like you said, to kind of reinvent yourself. Why? And my Bible study, my personal Bible study, is as deep and as meaningful as it's ever been in in my life. I just get more and more excited every day. And I think that's, uh, for the pastor, uh, I I was at a conference once where a, a pastor was saying, uh, for you guys that are going to want to finish the race strong, you want to go until you do retire, whenever that is, and you want to be strong, you want to be morally uh, in the right place with God, you want to have spiritual strength, you want to have fire in the pulpit, all those kinds of things. He said, when I graduated from seminary, I wrote down all the names of all the men that I graduated with, and uh, there's three left. There were 54 in his class, and he was maybe about my age now when he said this in the early 60s. So he went back, and he called a bunch of them up, and he found out, why would you leave the ministry? And he said there were two things that were really common that the ministers didn't do to stay strong. The first one was they were lone rangers. Mm -hmm. They didn't find a peer in the ministry to help hold themselves accountable, to be a prayer partner, to be able to talk honestly with about anything. Uh, I got one of those. I've always had one of those. I, it's changed a lot, but I've always had somebody that I can reach out to on a regular. And we, uh, when we're outside of COVID, we were meeting every single week, every single week, we, we would pray together. And and it just it looked like God had our two churches doing the exact same thing all the time. Mm-hmm. And we could say, man, I am having so much trouble with my ruling board right now. Da, 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 da. And he would say, me too. This is what I'm doing. And we would compare notes and, and, and his religious tradition is completely different from mine. He's Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. And when it's funny because people would say, well, do you have a prayer partner? He says, yeah, my prayer partner is a Presbyterian. And they would look at him cockeyed like, why? <laughs> and and he'd say, he's great. He's perfect. He and I are on this great path together. We're having a lot of fun together, and it's terrific. And I, people ask me, you got a prayer partner? I said, yeah, mine's Pentecostal. And they look at me cockeyed and go, why? <laughs> you know. And I, I love Craig. I love him to death. He's a... Um, He's, he's my closest confidant. I can sure. tell him anything. Sure. And you've got to have somebody like that. To, when your vocation is like mine, where it's spiritually intense, you've got to be able to have somebody that can help you on that walk. The second thing that this uh, pastor found out was that they got away from studying the, the, the Bible. And I can tell you, if when I try to put myself in places in my ministry, when I've let the Bible slip from my regular study, I got weak really fast, and right now I tell you I'm all fired up, and I can't wait to keep preaching and ministering, and I'm excited about City Walk and all the things I do in the community, and, and I see where that's a reflection of where I am in my scripture study, my personal, not my preaching, right. but my personal study, and so. That's so you something.
0: find those things aligning. Yes. Right. Yeah. and uh, so i guess you know there i know a lot of professionals who are part of ceo councils and and groups of accountability so accountability is certain a certain place you
1: have to have it yeah yeah if i were to if a business leader were to come to me and say i'm burned out in my area i personally think that that all our life struggles all of them have a spiritual foundation you got money problems there's a spiritual problem that causes the money problems you've got uh, marriage problems, check out where what's going on in your life spiritually to find out why you and your spouse aren't connecting. Business problems, I, mean, I, I, I believe our careers are Christian vocations. Um, and I've helped a lot of men and women, but mostly men, they, when they've hit a wall in their career and they, they hate work, they mm-hmm. just hate hate work. I don't want to go back to work. I don't like the people I work with. And I'll say, have you ever thought of your job as a Christian vocation? And they'll look at me. What's that? I said, do it for God. When you go to work, don't think about how much money you make, how much they don't respect you or how much they don't pay you enough or all those other issues that make work no fun, how much they don't tell you they're, they're, they're thankful, all that stuff. Think, how would God want me to do this? And I've seen men turn their whole work life completely around and then fall in love again with their work, the people they work with who aren't, haven't changed a bit. They're still the same people who, who are obnoxious or rude right. or whatever. But now this person's looking through the eyes of God at the people he works with and he sees people the way God sees them. And it just changes everything. Paradigm shift, right? absolutely. So, so you have absolutely. to change your paradigm. So, um, you know, we were talking a little bit before we
0: started recording about discipline and whatnot, and um, exercise habits that you have and how you've been able to be stay committed to those, and that you mentioned that one of your natural personality traits is uh, that you can be disciplined. Yeah. Um. And so as, uh, as I I have flares of discipline that I yeah. uh, I try to stoke. Um, but there's sometimes there's mindsets in, in relation to exercise but I think this relates to spirituality I think it relates to professional development um, I find myself having to pull my, I'll allow myself a little bit of time in a ditch just to pull mo- just because I'll, I'll have to get um, I'll have to prepare to prepare uh, getting back out of that ditch you know and then when I do that I can muster a, a good amount of um, a timeline together where there's a a good significant duration. Um, And I also accept that I'm going to come off of the, uh, of that productivity at some point Uh, and try not to be too hard on myself. But as I've gotten older, I'm 45 now, I'm trying to read myself to where I can anticipate and maybe head off and, and try to uh, initiate a little bit better of a response from myself.
1: So um, wait a minute, I want to add something. Because I, I've certainly hit those times. I use the phrase, I'm, I'm in a rut a ditch, a rut, you know, where you just feel like you're, you're stuck on dead center. You're not progressing. You're not growing. Everything's just not right. It's not that it's bad. It's just not good, you know? Right. And I was talking to a friend of mine. I said, hi, I'm in such a rut. And he says, you know what a rut is, don't you? I, said, I have no idea what's a rut. He said, that's a coffin with both ends knocked out.
0: <laughs> and when that's I good. feel like
1: I'm in a rut, I remember that phrase, and I said, get out of the rut. Yeah. I have no time to be hanging out in a coffin. You yeah, know? that's right. And, you know, it's a simple little s- it, uh, proverb, whatever you want, but it has knocked me out of the rut a number of times through the years just to remember that one little phrase. Right. Uh-oh, here I am again. Let's. How do I get out? How do I get out?
0: That's great. Um, well, I wanted to talk a little bit about... Uh, You're a minister. You're, um, uh, and I'm going to put this in a chamber perspective. The chamber perspective is events. Um, We have events. We just came from an event uh, that we were able to have at City Place today. Today is St. Patrick's Day. And so we had a, it was our first uh, kind of larger event. It was within the capacity requirements or recommendations of the CDC at City Place. And of (laughs) course, we were spread out, uh, I think, responsibly. But boy, everybody really was smiling and just happy to be out again. Um, And so that was a really good, it it was a reminder of what what chamber life is like as far as us being able to put on these events. But there's also a grind to it, where, um, you know, once an event's over, it's time to get started on the next one. And your success of the last one is great. But, um, you know, you got to keep that success going. So you really have to kind of reinvigorate your uh, energy or or get yourself fired up to stay focused on being enthusiastic about uh, putting things together. And then you have COVID. Yeah. So now the in-person piece, the personal part that a lot of people can thrive on, um, especially when you get into some really hardcore networkers who are very active, um, it's it's really impressive to see how they connect. And then you change the, d- the dynamic, um, and it really creates some some challenges from a programming standpoint. Um, so as a uh, pastor, how has that, what kind of things have you done? You mentioned you were starting to do some Zoom things, uh, mm-hmm. or you had been doing some Zoom. Has this Created a new. Um, is it temporary, the things that you are doing to adjust for COVID, or do you think that some of those things will stick around
1: uh, in, in your future uh, planning? There's only one thing that I hope sticks around. <laughs> we, right after, um, our church had been talking about getting on the internet for years. And all my technology people say, yeah, yeah, we need to do that. Yeah, we need. That. And I say, well, when? And they just shrug their shoulders soon. We'll do it soon. Yeah. And uh, then the governor announces that we're going to flatten the curve for two weeks, blah, blah, blah. And I go to my top tech guy and I say, listen, I want us on the Internet Sunday. And he said, huh? I said, can you do it? He shows up with two eight-year-old telephones, <laughs> uh, cell phones. And uh, regular cell phones, old cell phones, and uh, a free program off the internet, and sure enough, we're on. <laughs> that it was terrible, you know, my movements—you could see me moving in and out of phase, and all this other stuff—and the, the, <laughs> nothing matched my lips. My talk didn't match my, but we were up and running. And so it, it reached out to other people in other communities. We've got some people that love to watch our church, and. Uh, Uh, so send in money, people, we asked people for money, we got better equipment. Now uh, we look pretty good on the internet for a bunch of rookies, you know, and (laughs) that I want to continue. I want to be able to do internet. I call it internet church. And I hope that we'll gain a following and people will find that a a really meaningful way to grow in their faith. Uh, Other than that, if, if uh, we, when I stop having to do zoom, and I never do Zoom again, it won't bother me. <laughs> and I have no trouble with Zoom. I think it's a great alternative. I'm very grateful for it over this past year. But when, when um, COVID started, when pan- the quarantine started, the thing I kept telling all my groups, I'm in Rotary Club, I'm in Boy Scouts, I'm in my church, um, I have friendships, my f- own family. I said, stay connected. We've got to stay connected. If we don't stay connected, we are just going to splinter out of control and it'll be hard to get ourselves back. Yep. And um, so that was my number one concern was not to do something new and creative, but to endure. Endure. New, new and creative came out of it, but I can say now that we're winding, I do believe we're winding down the quarantine. People are tired of it. They're not really as concerned or scared about pan- the, uh, uh, COVID anymore. And all the groups that I was a part of Have weathered the storm. Yeah. Um, Well,
0: uh, so to interject here, you know, we're talking about kind of a transition period. We're beginning, or we have begun. Um, I mean, we just came out of an event that had eighty-five attendees. Um, There's a there's a real interesting. I I noticed this with with my kids and others kids that they've. their experience with uh, our coworkers and uh, peers. But it's, you know, you get used to this masks and distancing. And if it's not like there's going to be a green light that's, uh, or a switch that's flipped, it's probably going to be more of a dimmer that comes on, uh, hopefully. But the culture is definitely affected uh, and probably changed, maybe forever, I don't know, uh, for some period of time. But there is a lot of, um, There are a lot of opinions. Uh, Somebody recently described Facebook to me as, um, that's the place where you go scream into the void. Uh, (laughs) And I thought that was a really great uh, description of that because everybody feels very important with what they want to say. Except for one thing, the void can scream back. (laughs) That's right. The void, (laughs) the void can't scream back. But the um, so you know, we're at a period of time where there's a a, a very tense environment related to politics, cultural cultural changes, and then of course this COVID um, and the politicization of COVID. In that, as we get back to whatever work we're going to get back to, and people try to make decisions. Uh, that are responsible but also and responsible from a safety standpoint, but also from perhaps a business standpoint or um, you know keeping or a mental health standpoint for that matter uh, you know people getting re-engaged and reconnected and whatnot. Do you see uh, or, or what is your experience in uh, dealing with people or uh, you know your members who have confided in you or talked with you about um, this experience or or what this is a spiritual thing in a sense. Yeah, uh, it's very spiritual. I mean, it's uh, regardless of anyone who's listening's various backgrounds or denominations, this is a, this is a mindset mm-hmm. that is definitely um, very right. important to overcome and curtail, I guess. Um, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think that the uh, importance of relationships has been driven home. Relationships are hard. And uh, I think for a long time, people were kind of glad that they were quarantined. Uh, I, I can separate. I, I don't have to go to that meeting. It's a snow day. Exactly. It's uh, six months of snow, <laughs> snow days. But after about six months, uh, there I, I also noticed another shift. Um, people started really missing each other. Except perhaps, and this varied in your own family, because that's who you were quarantined with. And we're not used to being quarantined with our wife that much. You know, you go on a cruise ship and you're there for four days, five, four nights, five days, and it's fun and you get to renew your love for one another. But there's this sense of, yeah, I'm ready to go back to work, you know, (laughs) and to be quarantined with your wife or your husband for a year can put some strains on a relationship. And the statistics indicate a higher divorce rate. This past year, the, the um, divorce rate has skyrocketed. Uh, abuse rates with young people, the, the parents and children. And I, I personally think that um, that the quarantine's uh, after effects are going to—the cure was maybe worse than the disease itself in that our, our nation, our culture, our families have taken a beating. And, um, people are lonely, depression rates, all this stuff is, uh, a great concern to me. Um, I'm able, I, have been, I think I, as a pastor, I've been pretty, pretty good about being able to address those within my own congregation. We're, we're a smaller congregation. And so it's, I know my, my congregation well, I know my people and, um, I have a pretty good sense of what they need from me. Uh, but as a writer for the newspaper, um, I, I spend a lot of time reading articles about the the, the effects of COVID, or the effects of the quarantine, and try to write articles that talk to people where they are, where they may not think of their home as a safe place for some reason, or their, or their home is a lonely place, or something like that. Sure. And so I've, I've tried to really address that uh, as much as I can to as many people as I can, kind of being aware of where they are, um, and being able to help them, kind of put things in perspective, and and that's been a really meaningful part of my ministry during this last year. Um, interestingly enough, I, I had a similar kind of uh, kind of hit a wall pretty early on. Uh, used to being with people all the time, really angry about being told I have to quarantine. I'm not a big. I'll put it out there. We some of us probably need to start talking about it a little bit. I'm not a real big person on being afraid of, um, getting sick. I work out hard. I take good care of myself. I eat good food. Um, I've been exposed to COVID, didn't get it. Don't think I will if I get exposed again and again and again. And I, it's, it does not concern me. And I hit a wall where I was lonely. I wanted to get, I wanted to see my congregation. I wanted to go to Rotary Club and see my friends. Um, and so, um, uh, I was in a Zoom meeting, and somebody asked one of the businessmen that was the speaker, "So, said, you know, how do you keep going during quarantine? Because they said, it seems like all my routines are shattered and da 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 and And I was like, that's me. I, I vote answer that question well, please, you know. And, <laughs> and the person who was speaking said, you know, I just decided early on, that I was going to live the same disciplined life I was living before quarantine. Um, I just had to do Zoom meetings instead of face-to-face meetings, and I couldn't travel as much as my business did before, but as far as getting up at the same time, going to bed at the same time, eating the same food, doing the same workouts, uh, making sure that I kept up with my spiritual disciplines, my Bible study, my prayer, and see, that's been a big one because I went into about that same time um, I was praying, okay, and God kind of broke into my prayers and said, this is a really good time, Al, for you to start praying the way I've been wanting you to pray for years, and you've been too busy, <laughs> and and so I knew what that meant. I knew what I'd heard the Lord say. I knew the routines that he wanted me to change. I'd known him for a long time, so I did, and I'll get a little personal here, um, God really likes me to take my shoes and socks off, get on my knees and bow my head and pray and just praise him just say, Lord, you're so amazing listen to praise music, read praise psalms and um, the first and the the few times through the years that I've done that God has rewarded me and said this is the, Al this is the way I like you to pray uh, <laughs> and so. So I took my shoes and socks off, and there's a scripture where Moses is at the burning bush, and God says to Moses, "Uh, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. And that's the scripture that God always puts in my head. And I think, you know, when Moses wore his shoes, they were about a quarter of an inch of leather between him and the ground, and a quarter of an inch is too much space between Moses and God. And I think, yeah, well, my shoes are about an inch thick, so, you know, we're (laughs) going to get rid of those. And we're just going to become real honest in front of God and come into God's throne room. And so I, I, I got into that routine for just a little while, about a couple of weeks. And then I got kind of, I don't know, self-absorbed. <laughs> and I, I, I got busy. And I do that with air quotes because it was my kind of busy. It was just stuff. And so I kind of real quick took off my shoes, got on my knees, only listened to one song instead of three, uh, cut, cut things short. Da, 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 da. I did that a couple of days. And then, um, I, I had God just kind of grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and shook me around and says, you're going to, you going to play with me. I'm God, you, you going to, you're going to test me and see if you can do halfway prayers with me. And, and I just got on my knees and said, I'm sorry, Lord. And I haven't done it ever since. <laughs> but that discipline is all part of what we talked about at the very mm-hmm. beginning, where um, staying disciplined. And it's not doing the same thing every day, because then I get bored. It's staying close to God. And if today what that means is spending more time in Scripture than on my knees, I'll do that. If it means spending more time on my knees, then I'll do that. Whatever, and I... I, I so that's what I try to do. That's what I've done. That's how this quarantine has really impacted me is I've put into practice that idea uh, of discipline, and I've stuck to it. I've gotten up at the same time every day. I've tried to keep doing the same things. What I've noticed, I, back to the original thought of the question, I would make phone calls to church members that I thought would maybe be three, five-minute calls to get information and help them with something, and they were going to do this and then, And 45 minutes later, they've kind of gotten some of that I'm so lonely. I'm so glad you called. Thanks for just letting me talk. Yeah. And that's where I think we are. Um, I'll, I'll just do a real quick commercial. Okay. Whenever the church community decides that we are no longer in quarantine and our older people are comfortable coming in with the younger people and everybody's having worship and so on, we are going to have a party in Courthouse Square. We are going to have food, and we're going to have singing. We're going to read through the whole Bible in 15 minutes. <laughs> I got this thing whole, all planned out, and I cannot wait to just have this huge party in the community that, that people that aren't even in a church are going to say, oh, I'm going to go to that. That's going to be fun. You know. And so um, I think that people are they know I need those friendships. Sure. I need to be the people that I love to be around. And I need to get back with them. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's,
0: um, well, it's, uh, so I was going to go the discipline route uh, because it seems to be a theme that keeps popping back up. Um, and I'm trying to tiptoe without getting too far into religious conversation because I'm trying to do a business podcast here. But uh, hopefully uh, people are sticking <laughs> around. To maybe I, I also don't want to not ask questions that maybe somebody sitting there listening would want to ask. Um, I'll go discipline, then I'll go back to a little bit more of the abstract. Um, and, you know, I guess one of the things uh, my understanding of Christianity is that uh, and one of the common things that's discussed by Christians is that it's not a works-based um, right. uh, religion, meaning that you're not saved or you don't go to heaven because of your work that you did or how good you are. It's because of your relationship with um, Jesus. What's interesting to me or one of the things that I find uh, uh f- fun in conversation is, you know, as you talk about staying enthusiastic and renewing your mind and uh just the things that you just talked about, there's still a discipline to it. Like you are Al is deciding to stay committed uh and not phone it in. Um and then when you phone it in and you catch yourself phoning it in, uh this would be a little bit more towards the abstract, is your conversations, your relationship with God that you're ebullient about. I don't know if that's the right word. I think I like good. it. It's that's a good, good one. Yeah. I Male mean, high school guys. Yeah. Um but it was a um, your relationship with God and how you uh, communicate that when you're talking about God told you this, God told you that, how you identify those types of things. Um, is it is it a feeling you get? feel impressed upon? At what point do you feel, um, are you catching yourself and, and saying, oh, I really kind of hurried through that last prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then your mindset is now, um, listening for what uh, God's impression is, or do you think
1: that that feeling is that nudge uh, from God? Is that what you're uh, saying? Now, this is not business related. I can go for it because this is in. something that's really important to me. I believe really strongly that God desires us to learn to listen for His voice, mm-hmm. uh, but it is not an easy thing to do. Uh, we have to struggle with our own wants, wishes, and desires. Um, uh, there's plenty of other voices that come in our head that we got to deal with from uh, that spouse's voice, that boss's voice, uh, our own talking to ourself. Um, and if as I do believe that Satan likes to whisper bad things to us, uh, that's real, too. And so uh, what I what I be, the more t- the way to learn to hear God's voice is to practice. And you practice by listening and what I have found for me is I have to get all of the stuff on my heart to the Lord first before I'm cleansed of all that, the, just the stuff in my head. So I'll, I'll thank God for who he is, and I'll praise him. I'd love to do that. I'm getting much better at that. I think that's something Christians are not very good at, is just praising God because God is worthy of all of praise. I confess my sins. I got a long list. We won't go into that. <laughs> That's one thing. Awful limits we'll on that the podcast. For yeah, no, 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 we're probably not going to do that. <laughs> and so um, I, I'll uh, pray for the people uh, that need prayer that have asked me to pray for them. I'll pray for myself. And a lot of people says, "Is it good to pray for yourself?" I do. I think it's really important to pray for myself because I, I, I have to have that spiritual strength and that enthusiasm, and that comes from really going to the Lord and saying, "Lord, help me here. Help me." I don't just wake up every morning and say. Wow, man, I'm enthusiastic today. I'm enthusiastic because God and I have had time together, and he's built me back up, you know? And then I, I, so I get all that off my heart, and then I just try to be really still in a quiet place. Uh, There's not many quiet places unless we create them. And then I'll ask the Lord a question, and I'll say, Lord, what's the most important thing? This is an example. What's the most important thing you want me to do today? And I'll be really quiet, and I'll just listen. And sometimes I'll hear stuff in my my head, and I'll know it's just me running through my schedule. Mm -hmm. But then there'll be something really novel, really creative. I think I was not thinking that. (laughs) And I'll know that's God. Right. And um, that's one of the simplest ways in two minutes or less I can tell you how you hear God's voice but um, I've been doing it for a long time, and I I think I'm pretty good at telling the difference between God and Al's voice or Satan's right. voice or some other voice that's stuck in my head or whatever it is. Well,
0: in practice, is an interesting. It's, that's a great. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it applies to so many things. And it, yeah, it's yeah. A fundamental.
1: And so you know, if if you think you've heard from the Lord, uh, and I I've, I've acted on those thoughts, and uh, I'm rarely wrong, and I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that humbly that um God has taught me how to hear his voice that is I can't respond to that with anything more than anything less complete humility. I mean, sure, the Creator of the universe wants to talk to me wow that's that's just overwhelming and so if I don't pause and say, Lord' Please speak to me. I'm kind of missing one of the great, most amazing experiences in life. Right. And I don't want to do that, so here we go.
0: Well, that's great. Um, well, let's do this. And then we'll that was all about business, wasn't it? Yes, all about business. There is definitely um, connection and parallels to these. I, you can't separate those things. But I um, And so I appreciate your perspective. That's why you were asked to be here. So all right. um, I, I do want to uh, – l- 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 I would like to wrap up with this. And uh, I'm going to ask you to um, kind of talk directly to uh, – there's a lot of people out there who have gone through – a lot just you know you mentioned yeah. the uh, the mental health issues and the domestic issues and whatnot but there's also a lot of people that have you know poured their life savings into their business and yes. have had to see oh. it closed down
1: it, it um, breaks my heart it is it, it is a tremendous, it breaks my heart
0: <laughs> and i'll tell you as a um as somebody who comes from a, a business of entrepreneur a family of entrepreneurs a lot of family businesses. Uh, in our family, a lot of small business, you know, there's a big part of your identity that gets wrapped up in your, as it, it would be expected, in your endeavor. Um, you know, it's one thing to have an idea. Uh, it's another to be able to execute right. it and then sustain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a tremendous amount of pride that you can derive from, you uh, just being able to do it and maybe not even be incredibly successful, but pay your bills. That could be success Absolutely. for a lot of people. Yeah. And so, you know, the world changes and the world was changing before COVID. Uh, you know, retail business had been affected by changes at the Internet. And you see, um, you know, we talk to chamber members often and you can kind of tell where there's an old model and an old mindset that's not necessarily being adjusted and sometimes that has proven, uh, oftentimes that's proven bad, where you see that, that effect on a business uh, after some time. Um, but then there's these external things that are without their control, and then that sense of uh, hopelessness that can really set in on people. And not just that they had um, maybe lost things or that they've struggled, um, but now the future that's so uncertain may mean, getting a, a job they don't like again, um, or rebuilding a savings that they had uh, had to burn through. So, uh, you know, what is your message to them as far as um, where to start? You know, I, I because that's where I go back to the discipline. There's a point where you recognize this isn't the place I want to be. Um, so uh, what what's that spark that can get you to start digging back in and
1: just go, all right, um, I've spent enough time in this ditch. I'm just going to start climbing out. Right. It's not where I thought you were going to go. So I'm going to touch base on where I thought you were going to go. And then I'm going to answer that because I think that that's really where this podcast has really gone. But before we started, we talked about uh, something that really concerns me about the whole quarantine thing. And that's the spirit of fear that has kind of captivated a lot of people. And where I see that, uh, sometimes the spirit of fear is something that people like. uh, Because it allows them to just say, I I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do that because... I'm afraid. And they may not say it that way, but that's basically what it is. COVID gives everybody a free pass to not do anything they don't want to do. But a lot of that stuff we don't want to do, we need to do. And so it takes some time to, you got to start sorting out. Some of us have just been too busy and COVID gave us a chance to back up and say, all right, I'm not going to plunge back into the 24 seven grind of just doing something all the time. That's not healthy. Right. But the other side of that is there are things we have to do, and it's time to stop saying, "I'm afraid," as a t- as a as a as a free pass. But I also want to say, a lot of our kids, they have picked up that spirit of fear, and we got some work to do to teach our children not to be afraid. Um, I I am I work with young people, and um, there's a lot of teenagers, a lot of a lot of elementary kids. That are terrified of getting sick. Yep. And that concerns me. And parents, if if you're a parent of a of a teenager or an elementary age, take an honest look at your child and are they afraid? And then start finding out what it takes to help teach them not to be afraid because you do not want your child. As a father of four adult kids who are who are bold and, and aggressive, and I'm very proud of my kids. Um, you do not want your children growing up afraid. So so, so address that, address that. This, I think that's been one of the worst side effects of quarantine is just this spirit of fear, either whether we manipulate it or we let it captivate us, whichever one it is. And, and so that leads me to, so what do we do when we're in this place where we got to rebuild, whatever rebuilding looks like, rebuild our marriage, rebuild our business, rebuild our spiritual life, rebuild our personal life, I mean a lot of people experienced a shattering of who they thought they were. The Bible tells us that God knows who he created every one of us to be. He knows a, he has a plan for us when before we are born he already knows who he wants us to marry and he already knows what kind of career he wants us to be in, or careers, because a lot of people go through a lot of different careers, and that's exciting. He already knows all these things. And so if you're rebuilding, don't do it on your own wits and wisdom. Try to listen and see if God can't teach you how to listen to his voice. And see if he doesn't tell you what he wants you to do to rebuild your life.
0: Albert Early, Lagrange Presbyterian Church. There you go. Really appreciate you being here. It's fun. Awesome. Well, will you come back and do He's it again? Down. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we'll have a panel discussion and we'll talk about all kinds of things.
1: Yeah. It, I. You wanted to keep this in a kind of a business mode, and then if you like the spiritual side of business, then today was a good show. Yeah. If you, <laughs> that's I, right. I. That's where I. That's where I. Have been raised up trained up through my decades of ministry is like i said i think all problems are spiritual and all joys have their spiritual foundation and spiritual as well. To well God, i don't to think God you, do the glory. i
0: don't think you have to think very hard to find all of the applicability of uh, what you're saying to to these types of things. So we're we're glad you're here and thank you for what you're doing in the county and the community and we look forward to talking to you again.
1: Thanks David. All right.